This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, welcome, welcome to F1 with DRS. I'm Dan Shepard. I'm joined by Matthew, Jethro, and Charlie. Good morning, guys. Happy Monday. Good morning. Still a little wrung out from Saturday, me personally. (laughs) Latest I've been up in years. (laughs) That surprises me for you. I feel like you would be up later than me, for sure. I'm in bed every night at 9.30. Oh, you are? Really? You're 9.30 in the rack. Well, like in bed, we'll watch TikToks for... A couple bit, but almost rarely. <laughs> a couple, three hours. Sim from bed for a minute. Three hours. <laughs> well, we went, we went, that's the hardest Saturday I've had in a long time. I'm exhausted. I mean, okay, I'm good. tired, but I'm also just exhausted from the stimulus. Yeah. It was like, yes. it was a lot. It was. We'll on yesterday. To, that's right. An unexpected second day of motorsports, which was yeah. planned. My central nervous system is fried. <sighs> yeah, same. No adrenaline this morning left on the way here. <laughs> just barely. I flew in, so I was still on Indiana time. So it was 5.30 or 5 in the morning by the time oh, we went was. to bed my time. Yeah. And you didn't nod off at all? I didn't. I was fine. Okay. I felt like I actually survived much better than you boys. No, you did. You did. You embarrassed all of us. Um, So we're tiptoeing around it, but basically we had an enormous Saturday that started at 4.20 p.m. Why did you pick that time? It just felt right. It had nothing to do with... I got super stoned and then came to cut Uh, your hair. Okay. No, I did not. I wouldn't Um, mind. (laughs) It was just 4.20 was like 20 minutes as a haircut normally. So haircut right at 4.20. Going to shave that gray right out of my hair, which you did for the most part. (laughs) Then... We headed down to the Coliseum for the Super Motocross. No? Super Motocross finale? Final? Extravaganza. Yeah. Extravaganza. And they had to say the whole name of this thing every time they <laughs> every announced time. it. And it was so long. But it was the one guy was like, Super Motocross. Yeah. <laughs> I love the right voice. And oh. I think we should all admit that none of us know a fucking thing about Super Mm-mm. Motocross Extravaganza. No. But luckily, our friend Clay, who came with us, Clay Cullen, stuntman extraordinaire, he had sent us an article. And I think it was the most specific experience with story I've ever had. Like they say, you constantly hear people going, the power story, the power story. So we get this article and it's about one of the writers, Jet Lawrence. Lawrence. Jet Lawrence. And you find out in this story, his family gave up everything to leave Australia to take he and his older brother to Europe to race. They were living, you know, hand to mouth. And then 
uh, he's the youngest brother and he's not even the one the family was betting on. And then all of a sudden he becomes incredibly skilled and starts winning everything. And then so handsome too, gorgeous 19. They call him the Justin Bieber of motocross rookie year goes undefeated. So now I go into that race. Like I'm so invested in this. I can't wait to see the outcome. And it's all the things we like about formula one drive to survive all these documentaries we talk about where they humanize these people and they give us enough context about the sport itself that like, Oh, I had an idea of what's going on. And there's one guy that you can root for. Yeah. It made me all of a sudden, like, I was just going to go to listen to the noise and eat the free food and bullshit <laughs> with you guys and watch guys jump. That would have been fun. We did this before. We've gone before, but I've never really followed. And then I am personally, prior to this, already a fan of Ken Roxon. I think he's radical. Had the sweatshirt. I'm so easy to get my loyalty. So <laughs> last year, DeCastro and I did a flat track race, and it was at the Red Bull Rhythm event. And Ken was there. I went into his trailer. He gave me a sweatshirt. I love the sweatshirt. I wear it all the time. And now I would die for him for that sweatshirt. Like $14 probably. <laughs> and then as it turned out, which was great, it was those two really battling the whole time. Yep. Yeah. So can you keep up with what's going on? Because it's pretty chaotic what's happening around there. Not only can you keep up with it, it's so preferable to F1 because you're seeing the entire race. Okay, You yeah, don't ever have them. to leave the action and you can, I mean, they disappear. They go up the stands in the Coliseum out and back around. So you only miss one turn, but you can be watching any one of the battles you'd want to watch at any moment. It's cool. They have that green light. So on the, the handlebars light. of the leader, there's a computer controlled green light that oh, you okay, can see nice. yeah yeah and yeah. so as they're switching it the light's switching on and off from the different bikes and that's cool but it's i didn't action. notice that oh. that was happening <laughs> yeah it's mounted on the motorcycle right on the handlebar like a big green that would have made things so much easier because i'd get to talking and shit or i yeah. drop my hot dog whatever would happen and then i'd come back up and there's there's you know dispersed all over the all track over. yeah yep. and everyone's either on a, a red or a green or a yellow you were watching 14th and 15th mostly yeah, <laughs> yeah. you weren't even watching your guy at the beginning it's easy because there's a gap but then they start lapping people pretty quickly in and so, yeah, a, a couple different times I was like, I want to ask Charlie so bad where the leader is, but I am not going to expose this. I wish you would have because it would have seemed like I was paying perfect attention. I know, you been like, so right well. there. <laughs> and you could see it from way up where we oh, were yeah. yeah. There was one race, like the second last race, that it seemed to be malfunctioning and yeah. the guy didn't have it. Oh, well, I'm glad then I had mm -hmm. kept it natural and didn't rely on the yeah. technology. And I assume cool. they're scooping up injured bodies and wheeling them off almost there, there was two, every lap. No, there was only two major ones the whole night. One guy was taken off in a stretcher. That looked they had to do a restart. Restart. Yeah. People went down, but only it only looked like two actual injuries. People like went down, got their bike back up. But it's funny seeing the contrast to the the F1 yellow, where everything drops instantly. I mean, you you miss that speed cut by half a second. You're penalized. And then at the motocross, it's all these guys running over with these yellow flags, waving them around. No one gives a fuck. They, they, put, a, they put a foam. <laughs> the guy was getting put on a stretcher, and they put a foam barrier in just front of him to block it off. And they're jumping over the bike that's falling down. I yeah, mean, yeah. they're just ripping over these guys. It was ridiculous. <laughs> they were sailing over. I think the part you would really love, Jethro, that I came to really like is that there's no line in motocross racing. There's like 19 options that are sometimes they're good when the track is this dry. Sometimes, yeah. and so and, and there's multiple times where they can branch off into different sections. Yeah, that sand pit. They yeah. had two different tracks almost, and they okay. just kind of picked where they were going to go. And, and it evolves. Like the one guy that bailed, you could see the sand pit just kept getting looser and looser. It became quick And I literally sand. looked to Ryan, and I was like, 
it just seems like everyone's doing the craziest shit and no one's bailing. Like, how is the position going to change? This guy in the front, there's no way anyone's going to catch up to him because it didn't look like it. And then the next lap, the guy in the lead goes up, lands in the sand pit and face plants like, Oh, so gross. Oh, my <laughs> God. It I mean, was... If you saw a guy running as fast as he can with his head straight into a wall, that would be less disturbing. Yeah. Than yeah. And he walked off, which was impressive, but yeah. he looked like Frankenstein walking off. Like, there's he, no way he's moving his neck for weeks. He probably wasn't walking a ton yesterday no, or today. Or... No. You still do biking, don't you? Because I've never done it. I'm really glad that they do nothing for me. I don't look at motorbikes and go, oh, this, that's so gorgeous. Like, yeah. Because I wasn't brought up with them, it's just like my my heart is dead to motorbikes. Right. And I'm pleased because I think if I rode bikes, I'd be dead in about 27 minutes. Well, you'd have a bunch of metal in you like I do. <laughs> like, well, you know how you drive a car, so this, and you know, I drive the same way. So when you're on a bike, this is what it looks like. You have metal. It was fun to go with like these world-class stuntmen yeah. who do this and like can give you some insight about what they're doing or who the drivers are, or their old wrecks or all these things. But like we had that special kind of vantage point. to watch Yeah. So do. like half the stunt team from Chips and Hit and Run happened to be there. God Bod Dave Castillo. Now, here's where I'm going to get into the fun stuff of the race. So that was the racing thing. The lines are incredible. You never know how someone's going to pass each other. They're hitting, like physically hitting each yeah. other when they're block passing. Um, much more exciting was, okay, Dave Castillo is this legendary stunt man. They call him God Bod in the community. That's how gorgeous he is. He's like <laughs> 6'3", ripped, long flowing hair, gorgeous. He and Charlie, Perfect and Charlie, have never been in a photo together. It was dangerous. And then we also have Clay there, looks like Paul Newman, recently single. And Charlie's walking back from the bathroom, gets accosted by a woman, wants his phone number for her girlfriend. It was exciting. <laughs> it was exciting. Does that happen to you? That just this doesn't happen. That sounds not... like a daily occurrence for you. I though, thought right? I was in trouble going to the wrong little suite because someone yelled, hey, excuse me, excuse me. And I like, look, I walk over. And then she's like, my girlfriend and I wanted to get your phone number. And she's like, let me see your hand. And I, this I'm is like, what? And then she's like, I have my ring tattoo. She's Do you like, believe this? Oh, you're married. I'm like, yeah, but you made my night. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Wait, sweet. did she want it for her girlfriend or they both? wanted that's, your that's phone. That's what I was reading it. into. Together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it was wow. exciting. Wow. Listen, I've been wow. with Charlie where a round of drinks just arrived at the thing and we look over. There's that Dodger Stadium. And there's like <laughs> some ladies waving at him. He's like the <laughs> firefighter calendar fantasy. And then also we were, uh, we've told the story before, but we were all in Hawaii and some woman came up to me and she goes, you guys look like Vikings. And she was staring at Charlie. And I was like, she was just being generous and like including us that we look like Vikings, but she was staring at Charlie. I just don't know what life would be like. Well, I feel bad that he's objectified in that way. It must That's be a really yeah. Yeah. Um, he hates it, horrendous like, way yeah. to live. Yeah. And, and I would hope the world is moving on from this sort of horrendous <laughs> sure, sure, sure. male objectification. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned it. I would like to try it for a day. When he came back to this, <laughs> when he came back to his seat, he he was quite emotional. Yeah, he was teared scarred. because he was missing yeah. that opportunity. He was gone for a while, though. I definitely made more bathroom trips. Yes, like, like, this I can't is, wait to go this again. hallway is where the action's at. Right? <laughs> this is where I got to be. So that was really thrilling. You and I also each ate collectively like 35 wings and seven or eight hot Well, we were off. We were staggered. So you'd come back with a plate. That would kind of get me looking. <laughs> All right. And then I'd go get one when you were done. And we just kept cycling back and forth through a lot of Diet Cokes and a lot of hot mm. dogs. It was interesting. We drank 12. Charlie's plate would always look well put together and beautiful. And then I'd look at Dax's plate and he just 
It was all schlopped on there. Yeah, that's right. Very, yeah. very totally dis- disrespectful. Yeah, disrespecting. Yeah. Okay, so the other funny thing was we all in our minds had it that, you know, the race started at 6.30. So we're like, okay, we'll be out of there at 9. It's also like a championship, like the one final thing. So we're like, yeah, this is the one big race, two different classes. We're out of there. Yeah, absolutely. We're certain of it. We've told you that, Jethro. You've landed. So we're intending to start watching qualifying at like 9.30 at the latest, which will then land us perfectly when the race is starting at 10 p.m or a little thereafter and pretty soon into being there we realized like we're not even leaving here till probably well it ended up being like 10 was it 20 yeah. it was two yeah. championship races well and DeCastro um, kept telling us the foreman he's like yeah there's two now i think there's three and then at some point no there, there's four races <laughs> so yeah, how no, many laps are they doing they're doing like they do like a 20 minute 20 minute plus a lap okay yeah that makes sense so the buzzer goes off and then they have one more lap mm-hmm. but also i just we gotta add the conditioning of these guys has to be absolute ape now it makes sense why because you're so jacked because i mean they are working 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 and there's no pace we talked about it during the thing like are they pacing this at all and i think they're going all out and yeah, their performance out. is just yeah. maybe dropping as they go but they're not planning everyone's it. getting a little sloppier by the yeah, end yeah, but yeah. no one has paced themselves yeah. for well the the, last that week. makes sense because the tires aren't going to go off no, you know right. you're just on a bike but yeah no one's wearing sense. shoulder pads or elbow pads i was shocked at that i just figured there'd be a little bit more safety gear going into what they're that. doing those alpine they were, stars they maybe had like a thing that was like a it was a chest plate, chest plate i'm assuming if they hit their bars and a bit of a back, not even a back plate. Bikers embrace it. I'm really hesitant to say this because I'm a huge fan of Alpine Stars, but I have to say they were doing a thing where, Jezra, you would have died. It it felt very mm, opportunistic would be a, understatement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime someone crashed really bad and the, everything was kind of shut down, the announcer would be like, you know, Baron goes off hard, hard. They've got the crew out there. Thank goodness he's wearing Alpines. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Every time someone cra- And we're like, this is an odd time to talk about the product because you're associating it with this epic crash. And we were thinking like, what if they went so far as to say like, well, he would certainly be dead without Alpine stars. Every time, like all three of the major crashes. <laughs> like you can feel the transition into an actual script. Oh my goodness, that was funny. Okay, we get home. Now it's like, uh, we're already a little worried. It's getting late. None of us stay up past 10. It's 11 plus by the time we start. Well, quality. let's just say, get home, there's no internet. I was in your guest house expecting the text, we're going to do it tomorrow morning. That was why I was waiting. Who's gonna yeah. Who's gonna break first? Who's gonna blink? First? I was expecting that too. Yeah, yeah. I thought qualifying tonight, race tomorrow. Well, as I was resetting the modem for the thirteenth time, because now that we had no internet, so we couldn't stream any of this thing. I'm like, when do I come upstairs and go like, guys, we just got to regroup tomorrow? <laughs> and then it came on virtually right when I was deciding that. Yep. We go down into the basement. We start watching. And at this point, it's like already 1130 or something. And I'm like, well, we got to zip through Quali. We got to at least go to the last six yeah, minutes. Charlie was not happy. <laughs> he was Char- Charlie wanted it on slow-mo. I wanted it half speed. <laughs> he wanted every soak little it in. thing. He wasn't was, having it. I was pot committed. Like, at that point, it's already too late. <laughs> We're barely getting started. Like, let's just ride it out. Yeah, we all had different moments of conviction, but they were like <laughs> waning because you you were really strong during quali. But then I think during the race, you kind of. So yeah. we watch quali. Quali's great. What happens in quali? Anything memorable? Max is Max fast as hell. By miles. He the just, Astri beats Norris. Ben Sargent crashed in he, quali. He crashed in quali. Is that significant? Oh, yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's not significant. It's normal. It just reminded me, Earmark, I want to read the list of, um, and maybe you already have. 
the it. Destructors? Yeah, the yeah, Destructors I got Cup. That list. Okay, and that right. was even pre this race. So this is Driver, the World Destructors Championship. In first, this is after Singapore, so not even including his double crash weekend. Logan was the winner at $2.7 million. He, he cost the team. He has cost the team $2.7 million. So now it's probably close to four because he or more because he totaled two cars this but weekend. But what that doesn't include is if he'd be scoring points at the same level as Albon, they might be higher up the constructors. You're and right. then you're talking tens of millions difference between oh my God. how so much So he is change. working. He's got them in he's quite a financial hole. He's going to have to pay them this year. Yeah, yeah. Then we have Lance's second place at $2.2 million. Okay. Sergio third, 2.1. And then the lowest is Max at 200,000. Of course. Now, isn't that something? I think that was the one time he accidentally hit the wing when he lane. went into the yeah, pit yeah, lane. Yeah. That was probably it. And they're saying that was 200 grand? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I looked up the cost of that front wing and it's like 200 grand or something like that. Is it so, outrageous? Yeah. So Perez went through 600 grand in wings <laughs> this weekend. I <laughs> <laughs> got, got a beautiful beach house down in Daytona, Florida. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. It is interesting that Max. It was number one cheapest. Yeah. Well, you, you, gotta, you think like you're saving a bundle hiring sergeant. And when you consider he's probably won the constructors effectively on his own and the prize money that entails, which again is tens and millions. Then his contract starts cheap. looking cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You really get what you pay for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Latifa, like they kept saying he brought so much money to the team Latifi, but he had to be in the three to four million dollar yeah. range yeah. that last but season. But I guess when his dad was spending tens of million. Million. Yeah, yeah, who cares? Okay. okay. Now the race starts in the race. Races. It was a fucking awesome race. No two ways about it. It's a great track. There's there's the McLaren intrigue. There's George and Lewis going toe to toe. There's a right lot out of happening. the gates. Yeah, yeah. They were going hard. So were Lawson and Yuki. Right out of the gates, went really hard. Yeah. They were almost touching. I think the story of the whole Suzuka weekend is George and and Lewis seem to have entered a new phase of their teammateship yeah. Yeah. where they're going to get nasty. And this is where Charlie perked up a lot as the Lewis super fan. He's he's getting very invested <laughs> in these battles. Look, if we can agree that George is. The top racer lewis has been beating him all season he has he's he's, he's he been has. beating him um they had a shit car so they weren't competing with the rest of the field as much but man they battled oh lewis got him. like three different rounds of it yeah. right yeah. out of the gates there was a questionable tire strategy with george yeah but he uh-huh. called it himself did he? It, yeah, he was saying on the radio, let's go to plan b or whatever tiles feel good yeah and he wanted to and i i remember at the time saying to you this never works yeah. Nah. When you do the, I'm going to hang on on crappy old tires till the end, it never works. You get to like three laps for the end and then you get overtaken and by I'm like 10 cars. And I'm surprised he did that after he did the opposite last week and it worked mm. for, you know, I mean, he didn't, he ended up crashing out. But, yeah, but, yeah. but, but that strategy needle. worked. There's needle now, isn't there? Because Lewis was basically killing him in qualifying as well. But mm-hmm. since the summer break, George has come back, he's outqualified Lewis mostly and he seems to be back on it. And there's needle because Lewis is obviously. I think Lewis is still quicker in the race yes. every time. Yep. He's always got more race pace, but he's often behind George. So there's this. There's going to be an intriguing thing going on with those two. To hear the two of them calling into the pits to ask, you know, yeah, to do the switcheroo. Each of their strategies is terrible. I just <laughs> wish one of them would be. I don't know. Well, George's too is like, oh, well, this is fine. We'll just lose the race. Yeah, you know, like let's his- race each other. I guess we're going to race each other and not the rest of the field. Yep. Yep. Instead of just like, I'm clearly faster. Can we give him two left? You know, something more logical. Yeah. He's always just whining. And then they it. actually had to say to him, which I have not heard them say yet to George, they said, that's an instruction. Yeah, yeah they did. They, were, they did. <laughs> they got, I'm like, I want to know how they um, escalate the verbiage. Yeah. Like, so he wanted to pull the strategy that science used 
and stay out with the slower car in front, give Lewis DRS to then hold off who Science. was Science was behind Yeah, him. yeah, it was Science behind yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Science said they're using my my strategy. Yeah. But he wanted to keep that DRS train going, and they weren't having it. And finally, they said, no, that's a, that's a team order. And the difference between those two doing it and last race with Signs and Lando was Signs and Lando were running virtually the same pace, whereas Lewis was a second a lap faster yeah. on those yeah. newer tires. Yeah. So it, that, that strategy didn't make a ton of sense, Yeah, I'm sure, for Lewis. I don't know. There's quite a lot of little inter-team rivalries now that are getting good, aren't there? Because yes. there's George, there's Lewis, now there's Oscar and Lando. Yep. Again, when Oscar's really on it, he can be quicker than Norris mm-hmm. in qualifying, but yeah. Norris, with his experience, seems to have more pace in the race. So they're both doing this dance around each other and they're yeah. battling for s- sort of supremacy within the team, which is great. I think that one's going to get dicey. next year. And then again, even Yuki and Lawson this week. Like you could, Lawson's like, no, I'm here now. I'm going to battle Yuki. I don't really care. There was no... I don't quite follow how that ended up because Yuki was quite a lot quicker in um, quali. Yeah. And then he seemed ahead in the race and then suddenly he was behind. Something had to have happened. Yeah. This is a great moment to actually point out that there were multiple times during the race where our top 10 picks... Incredible. Were 9, 10, 11, 12. In quali, they were 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. At the end of it. And, yeah. and then race. multiple times during the race, they were. It was yeah. wild. I got so much abuse for my Alonso pick. And yeah. he, you uh, nailed and it. And he was like... <laughs> 10th a lot yes. a lot I yeah. thought I was going to get there for a little while and it was the most behold, riveting P10 yeah. race of the season. but after the no break one won. no one won <laughs> no but wait you won I won oh you did win yeah. I thank what? you I just discovered this this morning so, my morning was already ruined let, let, me te- let me tell the story so during the race Pierre was behind Ocon and was had a, said he had faster pace so he radioed in and he said let me pass Ocon let me buy and I'm going to get Alonzo. He was let by Ocon, did not pass Alonzo. He did not do his directive. And the final lap, that's why none of us knew, in the final lap, they got on the radio to Gassi and said, you need to let Ocon pass. You didn't do your objective. You need to let him pass. And he, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Is that what you're saying? They're like, this is not a request. This is a demand. Like, they kind of like, they got very strict. You know that final kind of like last tight chicane before you get the finish line? He did that final chicane, got around that corner. So he's 100 meters ghastly from the finish line, pulls over, lets him pass. Within 100 meters. That's why they didn't even adjust the timing. Because I had people on my Instagram being like, Matt, I can't believe you did it last lap. I was like, did what? I didn't do anything. So I was like, I'm going to check. I'm going to check online. And then it was fucking ghastly. And then there's all these videos of the radio chatter. I was like, I can't oh believe I won and didn't that know That doesn't count. That doesn't I count. was going to say, could we sue Alpine for, <laughs> they for this money? They it was owe us three X. Three X. They, so they owe us 1200 bucks. Yeah. I'm so happy and ghastly. Couldn't have been more livid. It's like, a shallow, oh empty victory. His loss was your victory. <laughs> but you yeah. see him at the end. So he let him pass and he passes a finish line. There's video of him. And he's smashing the wheel like this. He full-blown temper tantrum. I was a little somber this morning. You guys were really in good moods. And I thought, well, they took this P10 thing better than me because I had fun. I had no idea. I thought I had dodged another bullet. I'm clearly not going to win, but I'll take a win by knowing I I got to surprise everyone, including Dags. Charlie's getting to the point where it's like Ferrari's pit strategy. (laughs) Do the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. I. It just doesn't show what an absolute crap shoot is, though. What do you think of these drivers, though, doing that? I get it. They're employees. I can't see 
Lewis in that situation moving the side. I can't see Max moving the side. No, no. I can't see them saying to Lewis, that's an instruction over the radio. I can't see them saying it to If you are going to be like those guys, top, top, top level, you're not doing that. Sebastian Vettel back in the day got ordered to do stuff. He wouldn't do it. He would just pretend he couldn't hear yeah. on the radio or whatever when he was cleaning up and dominating. I don't know. It doesn't. It it's, says good things about their character. Yeah. It doesn't say good things about their potential to be like the elite yeah. in their sport. The in racing part, like George's part, that makes a little more sense because there's someone looking at their pace. I get maybe, it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're just like, no, you don't have the pace to keep up. We understand what you want to do. It's not going to work. Right. But like that, when he's just giving away a spot. And he was that, two seconds, almost two seconds ahead. We were watching it and like yeah. he was gaining on him quick and then passed him. If he gapped Alcon two, by two seconds, I don't think they should have made him do that. Also for the team, it's completely six half dozen. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Ten or ten and nine. There's just a history in F1 of, of people doing this with Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber. There was this multi-21 thing where it was like, it was effectively whoever got to the corner I think they had a dominant car again. Whoever got to the first corner first should win the race, effectively should hold position. Ferrari had it with Schumacher back in that. They had all these things, but the top drivers just never listen. They always just do their own thing and they take the points and they win. Well, that's why I like when uh, Max and Ricardo came together at Monaco, maybe. Mm-hmm. And Christian's response was... In the interview, he wasn't mad. He's like, I want both drivers on my team to be going to want to win. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh, that's a kind of wise. Team orders is an interesting thing because they were banned for a little while. You weren't allowed to have team orders or they tried to ban them. And then they effectively realized it's impossible because there's codes the teams can use, et cetera. So it became a more um, allowed thing. Back in the day, in like the 50s and stuff, this sounds crazy. Let's say Fangio, who's like the top, top Maserati driver, was going around and his car broke. His teammate would have to get out of his car to let Fangio back in the car to go and win the race. What? That's how they used to literally swap cars and their teammates would have to give up their car. Oh, boy. But then there was this whole period, particularly during Schumacher's domination, I think, where team orders seemed pretty ugly. Like if Schumacher wasn't going to win a race and he was you know, but Barrichello, his teammate, was forced to let him by. It got pretty ugly. So they effectively did, I think, for a while ban it and then realized they couldn't. But it's it's a strange thing in a sport yeah. to have two top guys going at it and then the viewer at home is invested in this as a race. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's not a race anymore because mm-hmm. it's being decided by someone else who's not actually racing. Yeah, it's weird. Of course, you don't like it if it's against the person you love, but if it works for the person you love. Like, again, you could argue what Checo did in 2020, pulling Max along to get him on pole yeah, and sacrificing his own quality lap. Of course, I loved it because Max needed something. He didn't have a Mercedes and they used their team strategy. I like that. It's just manipulating the actual order of the cars. I'm I'm not sure I'm decided on it, but I quite like the idea of them just always having to race. I do too. Uh, And you can see from the team's perspective, what a waste of time. They're ruining their tires over it. They're slowing each other down. They're giving the people behind them an opportunity to catch them. Like for for them, I think it's almost like they just should probably be more definitive about letting them buy all the time. Like if they can watch the pace and they go, no, 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 Lewis right now is, you know, three tenths down on you every lap. You got to let them buy. So that there's really no yeah. debate. It's just like, it seems like so inconsistent when they call it when they don't. In the middle of the race, I get it. Different strategies are playing out in a different way. You've yeah. got to get your car to the finish line in the fastest possible time. But when you're on the last stint, there's no more pit stops. Yeah. Race the cars. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It does seem like the top guys have a feeling too. Like there's less pushback when they know their, their teammate behind them is going much faster. 
It's only when it's close that they seem to really yeah. like throw a little fit. Although it is funny, they sometimes it's really obvious though, and they act like it's not. Yeah. Like Lando's not trying to let Lando's not letting Piastri buy. No, but I think that's why they're at the top. You know, like yeah. yeah. Anyways, while this was all going on and the drama was great, um, I'd say lap thirty-five. I started. <laughs> nodding off now this is now 1 a.m maybe yeah. 1 15 a.m and a couple of fun things were happening it reminded me so much of like a sleepover when i was 10 years old yes and you're trying to watch a scary movie lay and you're like it's a total test of your manhood and bravery if you can stay awake yeah and i was like oh my god i'm falling out like i can't even help it now i'm like like <laughs> Like rattle my whole body and maneuver the chair and sit up more erect and drink some fluid. And then I would peek. I'm like, am I the only one struggling? And you, Jethro, you are you are bulletproof. You seem wide well, awake. I didn't really work. realize this was playing out around me. Yeah. I was oblivious. Two, two to times this. you gave me an update on Gasly, and I for sure was going <laughs> off. And you were like, oh my God, Gasly's there. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. What's wrong with you guys? And then I look back and I remember you said, is Clay sleeping? And Why I is look, it Clay? Are you asleep? I look asleep? back and he's like fully asleep. And then literally a minute later, he just joins. Dax says something and he comes in. And he's like, yeah, it's crazy how they've been doing. Like, the tarmac's the different. Clay was the best. Clay was incredible. He was the pro among us. He was sleeping nonstop, we found out. He would be asleep, but then he would wake up and to clearly make up for his sleep. He would immediately offer an opinion on something yes. that he hadn't seen for the past 15 minutes. The last minutes. one was perfect because you had asked him two minutes before. Yeah, and he yeah. was asleep. And then pop right back up. Oh, he's been doing that all race, you know. Yeah, yeah, I wide away. Because I've been awake all race, and I have seen it many, many times. He almost <laughs> fooled right. me. Oh, that reminds me of the, one of the scarier uh, situations my father got us into. My dad was famous for, A, he loved going to the movies. He went a couple times a week, and he always slept at least half the movie. Generally, this whole second act of the movie, he would go to sleep. His unique gift was he would wake up having missed most of the movie, and he'd pick the ending he'd figure out the ending really quick like he'd just be up and he'd go oh, i think kaiser sose is this verbal kink guy like i might like, how is he like maybe while he's sleeping his brain processes information but anyways we're on a trip a father-son trip to ireland and michael collins comes out while we're in ireland right this there couldn't be a more you know patriotic movie for them it's my to uncle see. That's your uncle? Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> Could be. We're in the pretty packed theater. It's opening day. We're in Southern Ireland. And my dad goes out about 12 minutes into the movie. And he's like, <laughs> he's he's snoring really loud. And I'm kind of keep nudging him because I can hear people behind us. Like, oh, they're getting agitated. So I wake him up. I'm like, Ted, you got to find, you got to stop snoring. People are getting upset. <laughs> I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. And then, uh, <laughs> like choking. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I hear this guy behind me and goes, the score snores again. I'm going to cut his fucking throat. <laughs> I heard oh. I'm going to cut his fucking throat. And I don't know what goes down in Ireland. Right, this, right, right. It, right. So I nut, I, like, elbow my dad. I'm like, dude, this guy's talking about cut your throat. <laughs> I mean, you like can't go to sleep. He's like, I wasn't even sleeping. Now, now he's talking really loud. Oh, my God. I thought we were going to get rolled when we came out. Of How theater. old were you at this time? I was probably, I was still drinking. So I was probably like 27. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, of the many places I want to be in a fight with my dad uh, against a group of strangers. Island's not the place. <laughs> not during Michael Collins. No. <laughs> It'd be like being in Scotland watching Braveheart and shitting on the yeah, film. Like, yeah, you're going yeah. down after that. I was watching clips of the uh, Rugby World Cup. 
and there was some clips of the Irish team, and Jesus, these they were going wild. They are the toughest men in all of sport, <laughs> rugby players. Oh, yeah. The Aussies are pretty gnarly, too. South they look, African. Well, the Fijians and the— Doing well, the Hawka. Yeah, That's yeah the, the New Zealand All Blacks. It's yeah. the greatest thing on earth. The All Blacks are great, but I will say, when we were doing Without a Paddle, I got super into the All Blacks because we were in New Zealand for four months, and they were unstoppable, and I, was, I got way into rugby. But every time they play Australia, I was like, this looks like the cast of Road Warriors. Those guys with, like, shaved heads and big lumps on their face. Faces and stuff. The Aussies. Yeah. 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 Mar- they terrible look- mullets and yeah, yeah they- shaved side of the head. And South Africa as well. South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all. I love the hack. I love the drama of it, but I love it when teams front up to it. So now that the New Zealand yeah. do the hacker, but a lot of the teams will come right in their face oh, really? and just stand there shoulder to shoulder, what looking at them dead in the eye while they do it. And it's just uh, like, it is the most spine tingling start to any sporting event you can get. It's yeah. The best so cool. is when the All Blacks will play Fiji and they're both doing yeah, the yeah, haka. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because when it first started, I was like, I don't know, is this, is this corny? Is this, but you would watch the other teams and they'd start off like, oh, Oh my God, look at these guys are dancing, blah, blah, blah. This is so, and then it would set in like, oh, fuck. They're yeah. gonna murder. It's <laughs> yeah. largely pretty effective. I find yeah. it genuinely spine tingling when you yes. watch it. And you yeah. are, it's like a bit stupid. And at the end, they like stick their tongues out yeah. and make their eyes bulge in their head. But there's something about it. And when there's like 80,000 people in the crowd and it's building with yeah. them, it's awesome. Our crew was half Maori on without a paddle. And I asked one of the grips who was Maori, I'm like, what are they saying? Do you know what they're saying? No. Yeah. It's Our like, dicks are bigger than yours. Like, it's all about your dick. <laughs> According to this it, guy. Yes. And it makes so much sense. Like, it's such a primal fucking dance. And they like keep go, they keep like smashing their thighs and pointing. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot uh-huh. of sense. That's amazing. <laughs> Our dicks are bigger <laughs> than yours. <laughs> we got to fact check that right they there. Should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, let's just leave it out. Potentially there. liable, yeah. He might have just set you up. That that guy. If they pulled their shorts down and and and, and waved it around at the end, we would know to yeah, yeah, helicopter. <laughs> yeah, quick helicoptering and then got on with the match. <laughs> Stay tuned for more F one with DRS. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed 
my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, so it turns out everyone was falling asleep. You too, Charlie? Were you? I wasn't to the part where I was dozing off, but I was having to move my seat up around a little bit. Shake your head a bit. Yeah, just move. I was moving. (laughs) And Ryan, too, I was surprised he stayed awake because he got comfy on that bed. And I was like... Oh man, this is. I would have never made it on the bed. No, we had some blankets. Yeah, for the listener, we have like two rows of lazy boys and then two like beds on the ground. Big day bed. Big day beds. And he got right in there with the blankets. Yeah, all cuddled up by himself. So just, and I'm like, and not as into the sport as we are either. But he was chirpy. That's the whole yeah. I think everyone was chiming in every like seven minutes just to let everyone else know they were still (laughs) still still there. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me so much of, um, yeah, my staying up with my brother watching movies at my dad's house and just like, can't be weak, mm-hmm. can't be a <laughs> coward and fall asleep. <laughs> I actually attribute all my modern insomnia to that period of just training mm-hmm. my body to stay awake. Did you have that with your older brother? Not so much, I don't think. No, no. no. I go to bed quite early, but you guys, what time do you go to bed, Charlie? Early. Like 9.30 early. Nine. Nine. Wow. The other embarrassing thing is you and I, as aforementioned, a 12-pack of Diet Cokes at the race. Like, we should have been really amped up. Yeah, and Mm. ready to watch it. I go to bed what I consider early, but it's like half 10 to 11. That's that's my normal. Yeah. My problem is if I make it to like 11, then I'll be up. Second wind. Like, I just, I can't go to, I can't fall asleep. I can lay in bed and be pitch black, nothing on. I still can't fall asleep. Mm. It, it was a, a nice reminder of being addicted for me because once you guys left, you left at like whatever, 145 in the morning. I got up into my bed and I'm like, well, tomorrow's already shot. So let's party. Yeah. Now I'm like on Instagram, <laughs> yep. I'm fucking starting a movie. And I'm like, let's just go hard. And, yeah, the and then I'm not same, at all. same exact thing. I finally got home, <laughs> transferred the kids into their bed, lay down. It's now three o'clock. I'm scrolling Instagram. <laughs> And I have to get up early for Wilder's baseball game anyway. So I'm like, well, I'm not sleeping in there. Like, whatever. They shot. Yeah. yeah. Let's go hard. But I get five hours of sleep yeah. or I get three. What's the difference? You Look know? at the loyalty we have to F1, guys. Yeah. Look how far you've come yeah. from non-F1 believers to staying up. I was a little worried. I guess I haven't heard from Clay. I'm hoping he got home. But he seems to be the most tired among he us. Had he had a long, long, long drive. drive home. Oh, he's north of um, of Six Flags. He's got to oh, go oh, up. Wow. He had 30-plus yeah. minutes. No traffic. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you're moving. And it's a, you know. <laughs> to be fair, he'd have two hours sleep in the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably doing just fine. Okay, I think the last bit of uh, Formula One drama from the race would be um, we got to talk about Checo Perez. Ah, oh. <sighs> what a day. Yeah. Oh, and we thought of a funny line while we were watching it because um, 
Total Wolf was not there, yeah. which is so bizarre. We're dying to know what could have possibly warranted him missing a race. Mm-hmm. But we said that when the wolf's away, the pups will play. And boy, did they ever. They <laughs> they went ham without him there. Yep. <laughs> None of that radio chatter would have would have been acceptable if Toto was on the other no. end. None of it. Um, but, but Perez, oh, really rough, rough race for Checo, man. And made worse by the fact that they secured the Constructors' Cup and he did nothing. He didn't even finish the race. Yep. Bizarre turn of events, too, because he goes into Magnuson, takes Magnuson out. Well, he first almost takes Magnuson out, tried that move uh-huh. the lap before, uh-huh. at which he thought, oh, Magnuson's not backing off. Maybe he learned he'll pass him somewhere else next lap later. Just drives right into Right into him. <laughs> takes him out, ruins his wing, comes in. And then quickly thereafter, ruins his wing again, right? Second. Well, he ruined it the first lap hitting Hamilton. Hamilton. He oh, was yeah. just oh. pinballing off anyone. So by the time Magnuson came around, he was on his third wing. Right. And then they brought him in, but he had penalties. And then he is sitting in the car in the pits forever. And then they decide, no, they got to send him back out after they'd already retired the car. So he could serve his penalty. This seems so bizarre that that's how the rule works out. If you got a five-second penalty and you're already DNF, what are we talking about? It's just like pageantry at that point. Why why would it have to be served in the next race? I think there's something in the regs that says if you don't serve your penalty at the current race that you're in, you may get a more severe penalty for the next round, which is a stupid rule. But it probably shows, again, any other team would have just retired him, not even thought about it. Red Bull is so on it. they got so much spare capacity because their cars it's like drivers who've got that spare capacity they can think of strategy and max can like order a pizza or whatever while he's driving around they're doing the same thing but with the rules someone in there is because perez got out of the car he was retired yeah they dragged Mm -hmm. him back to get in because someone in there went oh boys we need to be careful here we might get a bigger penalty yeah it just shows the level they're operating it's stupid yep for the viewer it's ridiculous but as a team it just shows the level they're working at. I just think if the primary goal of all these rules is safety, which it tends to be, or to keep it competitive, sending him back out was like the least safe mm-hmm. thing that could have happened in the entire race. Especially <laughs> on his current form. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he had done very few laps without touching other people. Now they're putting him back in the car. Maybe he's... And they literally at that point had nothing to gain because they could finish last. They could just take anyone out they wanted. Who cares? They don't need any points from him. But then he complained his car was feeling strange, which I thought was great. It literally crashed into 80% of the (laughs) field by that point. (laughs) It's like, my car's not driving right. I know we talk about it a lot, but so Danny has been confirmed at AlphaTauri, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which suggests that Perez has effectively been confirmed at Red Bull. Well, his contract is already through 2024, right? I know, but there's been a lot of rumor that it's going to change. But this race showed, even in qualifying, like, as the other cars do catch up, which is going to happen, though mm-hmm. as the rule cycle is stable, the, the other cars will naturally start to catch Red Bull a bit more because they've got more mm-hmm. scope to develop, I guess. Being three, four, five tenths, whatever, off is suddenly a big deal because you get, where did he qualify? There was two McLarens ahead mm-hmm. of him and a Ferrari, right? Or No, and Russell. Yeah. So suddenly... That's a big difference. He was like consistently six tenths to a second behind yeah. Max all weekend. Yeah. yeah. And it was rough. That, that's too big when other cars are injected. It's fine when you've got a second in hand over everyone because no one's getting in the way. But yeah. suddenly you're splitting the Red Bulls by three other cars. Yeah. And it could be four. Mm-hmm. Like Ferrari were close as well. That's not really acceptable. And I feel it's weird. I've just been talking about how high level Red Bull are working. 
I'm surprised they're tolerating it. I don't think yeah. they've got anything to lose to switch him out for someone else. I saw a, a comment from him saying that he's not sure where he'll be in 2024. Mm-hmm. Did you read that? Yeah. And then I got nervous for him because I thought, well, what team would, what, what, what would, I don't know. Where's it going? Yeah. But what team? Maybe really... he can slot into Williams. Well, I heard Logan Felipe certainly Drogovic might be, repla- there's rumors he might be replacing Sargent. Whether Drogovic? It's Drogovic, he's a Brazilian uh, F2 Martin driver. Yeah. Reserve driver, right? Yeah, he's yeah. done a couple laps for some teams. I think even with Williams at the beginning of the year or something, too. So I thought Lawson would go to Williams. Yeah, but maybe too. there's a scenario where Danny's at Alpha Tauri, which we know he is, and they just have a look at him for the first five, six races, yeah. whatever. And if Perez hasn't picked up his game... They've got the easy ability to put Danny in that car yeah. and they've got Lawson as reserve driver and yeah. slide him in where Danny is. So Danny. there's a lot still to play out with this. I was just going to say, yeah, if Danny is incredible in the Alpha or the Hugo Boss mm-hmm. next yeah. year, um, yeah, why not move him up? Yeah. yeah, and they've got Lawson they know can do the job if they need to slot him in. Yeah. So they've got all the bases Because we're all covered. saying Yuki's going to stick around forever, right? Because yeah. yeah. of the Honda money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless he ends up going to Aston Martin because they're going to the be Honda. Honda factory team in 26. Yeah. Okay. What I think would be interesting, you know, Red Bull's car is so great, Red Bull's car is so great, but we see Perez so far back from Max. But if they get a top-level driver in that, that everyone thinks obviously is going to be closer to Max, and Max still is so far ahead. I think it'll be like good for Max to be like, yeah, the car is great, but I am shoulders and heads above everyone else. I think that's conceivable to to a degree, but I think when you're seeing the other teams in between the two, that still shouldn't happen. Like he should, yes, be ahead of his teammate, but but the Red Bulls should be number two on the grid every week. I think that's the point. And it'll be interesting the the last half of this season now, the last races to see if that's a pattern I don't think that's acceptable. Well, you just said it. The bottom line is, had Ferrari been really competitive or Mercedes this year, they would have needed Perez to be better than he was this yep. year. They got away with it because the, they had they were a standard deviation above everyone performance-wise. But if they don't have that, then yeah, that would have been unacceptable. And McLaren are coming up pretty quick. Yep. They are coming up with, pretty quick. With two really good drivers. Yeah. And again, they're they're really the only team other than... You know, of course, Williams has got these enormous gaps between Sargent and Albon, but but second to them probably is Red Bull. As far every team finishes almost consistently one and two of each other. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like two the, by two. Yes, yeah. you just look at that the leaderboard and you're going down. It's just two manufacturers, two manufacturers, and then that gap between. Yeah, Red Bull drivers. And Oscar's never even raced on that track ever, so it's even more impressive that he just had like one weekend. Obviously, he had some time, but. Also, I didn't know this. You guys informed me of this, but that Lando had gotten the upgrades last race in Singapore, yeah. and then Piastri got them now this week. So already on like week one with the upgrades, the car drives a bit differently. He's right on mm-hmm. Lando. It's yeah, first podium, first podium. Yeah, yeah I'm Piastri, falling in love with him. I'm falling yeah. slowly in love with him. Piastri wasn't the only person to get their first taste of a new McLaren this weekend, though. Mm. That's oh, right. Mm. So let's let's mm. now transition mm. into Sunday. I guess maybe on Saturday you mentioned, I really want Jethro to take me for a ride in that McLaren. Jethro has a McLaren. Well, when I pull up to your house for the motocross yeah. and just see Jethro's car out there, this McLaren, this gorgeous McLaren. Yeah, I want to, Mike, I got to get in the, I got to rip around town and <laughs> see thing. what that's all about. Yeah. yeah, it's not my car, but it's, a, <laughs> so I got a McLaren GT press car, which is like, the least fast and least exciting McLaren, but compared to normal stuff, it's still an incredibly quick, exciting, supercar-looking thing. So Charlie was keen. So then it was, what do we do? It was Sunday. There was some talk of me going to get a car. Yeah. And then I was like, 
oh, fuck it. Okay, I'll go out with you guys. I'll bring the Hellcat. And I think it's important to say that I love the Hellcat. It's one of my favorite cars I've ever had. It is not a handling machine. How would you say it as a journalist? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... It's got more motor than all of its competitors, but it's just not handling it's, like it's, a Mustang. Or yeah, it's an old-fashioned muscle car in yeah. the in the pure sense. It's all engine and no chassis, but you hustle it pretty well, I have to say. <laughs> it well, looks awesome. I mean, yeah. yeah, Max's driving style is um, <laughs> is I don't know how you like maximum attack at all times and very close to the edge of disaster like at all times, which is, which is Thank great. you. I was like, I was trying to think of an analogy enough when it doesn't really exist, but perhaps Carlos uh, Senior. Carlos we, Senior. We were having this discussion when we were following you and I was saying, you are having a, a, a coffee chat while you were up there yeah, looking around. Wrestling we were just, your car. Yeah, we were having, <laughs> and I was like, Dax is definitely more the rally driver than the, than the F1 driver. I think that, that that's very fair I yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> yes. but it was great it we was... went up to angeles crest so for people who have not been to california or even if i bet a lot of people who live in la have never done angeles crest but angeles crest and you've driven cars all over the world yeah. for different press things i can't say this with total authority but it is one of the great stretches of road it is that whole angeles forest area is amazing mostly because the size of it which means there's plenty of room for everyone even on a weekend there's a lot of people up there but you don't feel like there's anyone there it's so well sighted all quick corners it's the closest road i think you can get to almost obviously we drove at the speed limit but almost racetrack speeds <laughs> yes it's, yes it's pretty yeah, insane yeah. plenty of and mountainside I, rock coming down onto yeah. the <laughs> well the there's definitely some variables yeah there's a lot of rocks in the road and there's and the, uh the light changes dramatically because you're like you're in the shadow then you're in because it's a canyon and so most people would go up this main the two that goes up the canyon that's really wide and there's even runoff in a lot of those corners yeah. if necessary uh and then there's a bunch of different back canyons that that funnel into the main one and we started in the back and made our way up and it was so fun it was one of those things where i was like i kind of didn't want to go out i was tired blah 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 blah. i didn't want to go and, and i knew you would be way faster in the mclaren but we went and it was a party the whole time oh never broke the speed limit but um no we didn't no. it was great yeah but it felt like we tripled it sometimes <laughs> at least what did you think charlie real life experience of um away from the sim g-force acceleration insane I was telling Dax last night, like, took a good five minutes to settle into, like, okay, this is where we're, we're at. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I just kept thinking, well, Jethro certainly doesn't want to die, you know? Like, <laughs> I think he's... Hard to know. Having a rough time. I was like, I think, I, a rough time, I, think I know him well enough to know he doesn't want to die right now. But then, I mean, just how responsive that thing is. It's crazy going so fast into a turn thinking, like, this is impossible. And just right around, um, it was so, so rad. It was, it was fun. I thought in my mind, I was like, okay, if I, I'll go in front for a while so you'll get used to it. Because you'll know, well, certainly anything that he can be doing in that Hellcat, Jethro can be doing easily in the McLaren. I thought, oh, that will build his, get him to relax. I did and, not think about that, but I appreciate <laughs> that you were thinking about it. <laughs> but then after about 10 minutes, I was like, time for Jethro to go ahead and get in front and <laughs> go as fast as that car wants to go. Under the speed limit. Yes. Always under the Well, no, we had closed roads at some times, too. Yeah. yeah we I, closed, I always find closed roads wherever I go. Me, too. I get so lucky that way. And also, <laughs> the amount of movement from Jethro was so, so little. Like, just, it was just so right in here. Again, he's more of a Charles Leclerc driver. Yeah, yeah. just so <laughs> That's smooth. That's his style. Yeah. Yeah. It was Elegant. cool, though. I was impressed by how quick your car was going. But when you let me pass, it is incredible. I was talking about 
to, to Charlie, lightweight is everything. I could gap you pretty quick. And we found out on the freeway, your car's pretty much as fast as that in a straight line. Yes. But the way that you can brake and turn in that car... And that's why F1 drivers now moan the cars have got a bit big and heavy because back in the day they were so much lighter, so much more responsive. But I was saying to Charlie, the car I had is like 630 horse or whatever. Let's say it's 1400 kilos, somewhere around there. The F1 cars are 1000 horsepower plus. They're what, 700 and something kilos. And then all the grip, like 10 times, 20 times the grip. Yes. And they're racing wheel to wheel and they're adjusting stuff diff settings on their steering wheel and bitching and moaning and modes. About things. Then, yeah then they're ch- talking then they're strategizing about what they want to do they're looking at the screens it's nuts no, to think they can do that it's bonkers yeah i would say the big difference between like w- when you have when weight's not on your side so i don't know what the hellcat weighs but it's in the 4500 range I'm yeah sure. it's two it's, tons plus yeah yeah it's huge so whereas like you can get into a turn a little too hot in the mclaren and scrub the speed if you need to I kind of felt my like I was pot committed a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I was only going to have so much braking. If if, if the you're radius the started tightening, I was like, you know. Yeah, you're in the world's of momentum. But you know what? I just realized what a pace car for F1. Oh, the what a safety car. It would be epic. I feel like they need to have because we love the sa- we love the safety cars in F1. Yeah. They <laughs> sound great. They're cool. They're hustling them. But imagine burnt my lander having to to wrestle a wide body hellcat <laughs> non-lowered even that should be the that uh, uh, circuit of the americas yes oh that should or be vegas the yeah vegas yeah that would be great vegas and oh, encourage them to hang that. it out yeah exactly he has to drive it like that this will be too boring for everyone in the, the this is esoteric but i had I had committed to stability off, every instrument off on the way there because I wanted to be able to peel out a lot in front of you guys and impress you. Yeah. But then once we got into that canyon, I was like, mm, I might prefer the stability. <laughs> I could use, maybe I'll be wanting the help at some point. <laughs> you, were, you were on Matt Sim settings on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the traction. It was so cool. I watched your video this morning that you posted and I love the giggle because I can relate so much. The, the moment that you had on Sunday, I think I had for the very first time when I was like 14 and my boss took me for a ride in a ZR1. And I just was uncontrollably laughing the whole time. It was, it was insane. You know, there's so many turns on that road. So you get through in a minute, 20 of them. Right, right. So after a few minutes, just like insane that, that you could do that just go so fast around and stay right on the road. Just, and it was smooth, like inside. We're not like bouncing around. Yeah. It was because I think you've had it. And also the first time I went on a track, I went on a track with this legendary IMSA racer when I was a kid, like maybe 14. And um, the first time you go into a turn at the end of a straightaway as a passenger with a real driver. Yeah. And you're just going, oh, shit, he blew it. He like he fucked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yo, He fucked up. We're going off. And like to feel real braking, like in a way that. It's the speed they carry in. It's always that. It's incredible. And I always, I've driven with a lot of, really good drivers like and I look at them and I'm like I could do that it take me a little while and it's about confidence and also you have to remember their entire job is to do that that's what they do like they're they're paid to do it and they have to be quick and if they're not quick they get fired so that gives you commitment that you wouldn't necessarily have but I look at a lot of them and I'm like yeah I can do that I see where he's a bit quicker there you drive with a really good driver like a top level well you rode with science the other day yeah science someone like that and you know you would never be able to do it in your lifetime you could do it every day with instruction with and you're like I just couldn't do it it's not 
it doesn't seem physically possible that you can do this stuff. And that's what separates them. And then you think, even at that level, there's then a Max or a Leclerc who've got that extra couple of tenths. So they're doing stuff that even those guys can't do. And it's it's actually mind-blowing. That's what would be crazy is to be as good as Charles and be behind Max and be thinking, how is he, how can he, why is he doing that? Like, what's he doing? Yeah. How they do it. And the thing that blows my mind, you've probably done it, you've raced. I can turn up at a track in any car and be relatively quick on the pace within two laps. The rest of the weekend... I'll probably go slower. <laughs> like, it's not improving yeah, because yeah. I start trying too hard and I'm overdriving the car and I get clumsy. These F1 boys, and that's what blows my mind, every qualifying session, they get quicker and they get quicker they and they get... The and every lap, another tenth, another tenth, and they're dialing it up. And I'm like, how does that even work? How does your brain dial into the fact that the track has got a bit more rubber on so I can carry... You know, that infinitesimal extra yeah. speed here and there. It's mm-hmm. amazing. The, yeah. the way they can feel and think about a car is so far beyond. They're endlessly in a state of flow. They're not thinking about it. They do it in a way that you and I would never be that unconscious of. Yeah, it's, in, it's just insane. And it's just telling how much these drivers are listening to the radio, thinking about the guys behind them. You just realize like, oh, it's a much different experience for them. They're, they're free to think about all yeah. this stuff. It's clearly just... You did seem pretty free thinking when we were ripping around yesterday. Well, Just I was in a car and chasing the Hellcat. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically in the Red Bull yeah. behind Williams. <laughs> no, I, we were going pretty hard once we got past that. Yeah. We were going pretty quick. But you have to leave a really good margin on, on those roads. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, because yeah, yeah. there are there rocks everywhere and sand across the It made me actually want to go to a track with the Hellcat. Yeah. Because I think it would be really fun to like, let that thing for go those, in every turn. Pretty for those much. two laps before the brakes were there. <laughs> before the brakes were <laughs> gone and the rubber was fun. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, did we um, accumulate any fun pulp? Yeah, that sounded like you guys had so much fun yesterday. Are you mad? Little bit yeah. upset, yeah. It didn't cross my mind as we were leaving the driveway like, ugh. <sighs> Probably should have called Matt, but I also yeah. can't wait 20 minutes for him to get yeah. here. It would have well, taken me 10. The last little thing is Jethro let me drive it back. Oh, yeah. Very kind. Well, let's Which... move on. To, let's move on. To <laughs> so if any of you are jealous sitting at home watching this, imagine sitting here and finding out for the first time they had the best day yesterday. Well, you were really busy on the couch watching football replays well, all day. This is what happens when you win three P10s in one season. Right. Right. I hope it offsets yeah. that. The $1,200 yeah. offsets the ride. Well, none of us are ever getting paid. So <laughs> um, okay, first thing, I'm going to start off. I know Charlie's been asked this question question on his questions Instagram, but I wanted to ask you guys, there's a TikTok trend going around. All the drivers were asked. I'm going to ask each of you individually. How often do you think about the Roman Empire, Dax? I was asked this on Monica and Liz's show, Synced, and I just got to say, who knows? I'd have to log it, but I did admit to, especially in England, when I'm in England, I go, those fucking Romans built roads all the way up here in 500 AD. Like, that seems impossible that they did that. I was asked this question at home, um, and I said the same. Well, I was like, well, you know, the next town to us is a Roman town. It's called Toaster. I was like, it's like it's right by Silverstone. Yeah. I was like, it's called Lactadorum in the Roman. And my missus is like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. <laughs> A lot of drivers were asked this, and kind of everyone said kind of cutesy responses, and Max was asked, and he was so confused, and he was like, 
I don't know. I guess last time I was in school and I hate school. Walk away. <laughs> I was going to say, I wouldn't be terribly shocked if Max really didn't know yeah. about Roman Empire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he doesn't know any too. of the drawings, too. No. No. I'm well, sure maybe someone shared the post with you, but everyone always jokes about Max's podcast, the after race interview, because it's always Max. And he was, I think Oscar said something and he was like, I hate podcasts. They make me fall asleep. Yeah. So Max is a as not a, a podcast fan at all. As, do you think he meant as a listener or an interviewee? As, as a, a listener. Listen. He just yeah, doesn't yeah. listen to podcasts. Of course yeah. not. Um, no. He doesn't <laughs> have time for I that. Would have thought the I would have thought he'd be listening to 14 simultaneously <laughs> yeah. whilst driving his car, whilst you know, ironing three his times. shirt. That's be, a good point. Yeah. yeah. He, he needs it like... Um, the Exorcist style, where he's just got voices. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many demons. Three different headsets on. <laughs> you mentioned Hugo Boss. Apparently, Adidas, Adidas is now in the running. They're oh. trying to get that out of Hugo Boss's hands. Oh, and really? They want to oh. come in and get there. So there's hmm. a lot going on. Who knows what the fight's about? Some are probably coming in and offering more money, but interesting. I'm so, when, is the, when are things a done deal in F1? I, wasn't that a done, wasn't Hugo Boss? It wasn't, it was rumored and talked about that and kind of done deal, but maybe huh. it was I a verbal done about deal. Adidas. They would do a great livery. Sure. Yeah, Put the stripes on the side. Cool. That could be really cool. And yeah. the drivers could wear like the tri-striped sweatsuits oh, yeah. and then they could make the fire that suit look I don't like, think I like Adidas enough. You don't. I'm not as excited about it. Rapid Fire, what would be your favorite uh, sponsor you'd like to see have a team? Mine's easy. I'll start. Jack Daniels. Mm. Oh, fucking Jack they, Daniels they are, F1 yeah, there. they're a sponsor of McLaren, but not official. I would like to see a um, Roger Federer sponsored car <laughs> because I love his <laughs> clothes line. Oh, you do? Super preppy. <gasps> no, I love Roger Federer anyway. I didn't know this. Yeah, he's a fucking legend. Oh, wow. I just think he's such a sort of cool, calm, collected dude. And I love the uh, idea of just like a really cream car with just mm. the elegant little RF logo. Oh, wow. I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> I think I'd go with Michael Jordan and Jordan Brand. That's great. Okay. Jordan Brand. Even um, at the uh, Super Motocross race, whatever the fuck it was called. One of the good riders was, his number's 23. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was like, that's got to be the dream number anytime Chase you're in Sexton? a sport. Chase Sexton? Sexton. Which is the raddest oh, wow. name ever. And he's 23? Yeah. Ch- Chase Sexton? He's the one that went down in that last race that was in the lead. Right, he was in the lead. Mm-hmm. You know 23 of it. You're not born under is a rock. Michael, Michael Jordan's Jordan, number. Yeah. Yeah. Is it maybe not as ubiquitous? In it doesn't hit as hard for me. I mean, Jordan's a, a big thing. Nike Air Jordan obviously mm-hmm. makes him a global phenomena but yeah i mean we also had uh lewis in the pre-race conference was sporting a new uh platinum lined tooth oh right on right here he's it's all lined in gold which i was so jealous i've my entire life i've wanted a gold tooth it's maybe going to be one of my biggest regrets when i die should have gone to a get cinema with that yeah. why don't you get one now? back in the day <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just so i think i need a full neck tattoo to maybe get one i've thought about doing it as well it appeals to me yeah. as well. i want the whole Outline. Why don't you guys yeah. get grill. them? I might yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not all gold teeth, but, but like I've seen a couple outline, things. That's I've, what his is, is a yeah, platinum outline. kind of cool. What's holding you back? That's a great question. Maybe let's go. The, the same thing that's holding me back is I've been, uh, my, my cheek is hurt in the same spot for a while. And the other day I'm like, well, I have bone cancer right there. And then, so I've been thinking for about, I don't know, three weeks I have bone cancer there. 
Still not making an appointment. Well, if more, I'm not making an appointment for the thing, I think more it's reason, I can't get in there to get a gold tooth. More reason to get a tooth while you still have time, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, oh, before their teeth are gone? No, before no, the before bone cancer die. kicks oh, in. Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe I'll do the tooth first. Yeah. Jack's going to spiral the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you guys convince yourself you have cancer regularly? I currently think I have cancer. Oh, where do you? where's Chest yours? Chest cancer. Chest. Chest. <laughs> Like not long, esophagus. maybe esophagus, uh, esophageal cancer. Yeah, sometimes. Well, the problem is I eat fast, so I don't chew, uh-huh. and then I kind of start to choke. Sure. And I drink water, and it pushes it down. So sometimes I'm like, maybe there's a mass in there. But I did because I was a smoker, a heavy smoker, so I did get chest X-rays, and then everything was clear. And then I was like, well, fuck, I'm invincible. But then I was like, maybe it just came back. Right. I don't know. You guys, you got any cancer that you self-diagnosed? So my kid, who's 11, my youngest, Zach, is the most, he's unbelievable hypochondriac. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think COVID had something to do with that? I don't know, but he... Like anything he has is like cancer, you know, like he has a, an allergy. He's got cancer. He's like, yeah. he's, he's got this morbid fascination with it. But I, I know I don't have that. I'm hesitant to label myself hypochondriac because my understanding of hypochondriacs is they think they have it and then they're pretty wound up about it. I think I have it, but I'm not that wound up about it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, more of a fatalist hypochondriac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, well, <laughs> how else would you explain a pain in the zygomat or whatever this bone is, the maxilla? Why would there be pain in there? Yeah. It's got to mm. be bone cancer. Well, that's well, why it stops going away. It's funny how that works. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's right here. It is. Here. I found spot. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same as you. I think about it, and then I more go to like, well, what would I do before I die? Right. And then I kind of start to fantasize there, and that's why I <laughs> oh, used to wow. smoke a lot of weed, and that's why I stopped smoking heavy weed because then I would spiral. Uh, then I would be like, Get paranoid. My arm would just ache from an injury that I hit it on yeah. the door the other day, and I was like, well, that's elbow cancer. I also, do you think <laughs> elbow <laughs> cancer? Like hair cancer? Are you, oh, fuck are you actually cancer. a doctor by trade? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is with the tattoos, I'm like, you know, I could probably have pretty bad skin cancer and not be able to see it. Does that cross your guys' I certainly mind? do somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I've heard, I heard a story, though, that like uh, getting tattoos like raises your immune system up because uh, there's so you have a foreign object, an article and there's something yeah. interesting about it, and then I was like, Oh, then great. As long as you cover up the cancer, it goes away. Okay, you're right. Just yeah. so keep yeah. the side out of mine. Tattoo so maybe you need maybe one up here. You need to get a, <laughs> a face cherry right here. Tattoo. Um, we got a few more. So there was a Yuki t- was asked about Daniel before it was announced that it was happening, that Daniel and him were on the team. And he was asked about Liam. And then he started to going down a road. He's like, well, yeah, Liam's like amazing. And Daniel's amazing. They're both like the best. And even Lawson, he's got the best. You get the best finishing of anyone in this race. And then he was like, uh, uh, I'm done there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna he was like basically making a case that Liam and Daniel should be in the scene. He's like, I'm gonna stop. He's just the cutest human being. If I didn't like him so much, I would be probably making that argument. But yeah. I just like him so much, I don't care where he finishes. No. I want him yeah. in the sport. There's certainly an argument that he shouldn't be there. Lawson's yeah. younger, equally as good. Danny's mm-hmm. older, better. Yeah. But I yeah. think he needs a fair crack against Ricardo. Because he's He's still out-qualified yeah. Lawson. He's had some weird... I can't quite figure out why he's finished behind him, but... Um, he's very inconsistent. Yeah. He's, like, brilliant at times. You're like, no, he's got it. Well, we always say for Yuki, like, for P10, he has to start, like, fourth or something yes. in order right. to be 10. I was very nervous that he was only in seventh or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. I was like, that's... I'm excited for him to have that new car next year and yeah. Have, yeah. A, have a better chance. I it think it'll be so right. exciting. And but, Lewis will spiral if it's better than the Mercedes. That'll be so mm. exciting. Oh, speaking of Lewis, we saw, I think it was circumstantial, but there is that footage of George and Lewis just 
bypassing each other post-race, like not acknowledging oh, really? each other, oh, not man. nothing. It could have been, they just happened to be, had things to do in passing, but they did not make an effort to, to say anything post-race. But is, imagine you're like multiple world champion, most successful driver ever, cool guy, cool look, everything. And the guy who's going to come in and potentially beat you is George Russell. I mean, how much does a that hurt? The oh. guy's like, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> crikey, did Lewis again in qualifying. Yeah. That's how we do. What do you say? That's how we do. That's how we roll. That's how we That's roll. That's how we roll. roll oh, no. Blimey, Mum, what a great race it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiled prince. Get the crumpets ready. Yeah, I think, <laughs> race it, is I think we can safely say he's the whitest guy in Formula One, which yes. is all a big statement. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it must crikey. hurt. You know? Is what yeah, I'm saying. it can't be great. Right, it yeah. can't be. Although, is there any version that's pleasant? But then uh, pre-race also, Lando was kind of giving Oscar a lot of credit and talking about it. And then he kind of had also another moment. And he was like, yeah, I maybe don't like how he's as close to me. So, like, you, he's kind of making a joke and making fun yeah. of it. But you know there's some rooted that he's like, fuck. Like, this kid is going to be good. He's good. It's a good combo, too, because they have such different personalities. Yeah. That's kind of fun to watch. Um, any more, Paul? <laughs> ah, that's just kind we're of— We're at six hours. So yeah, that's... we're at six hours. That's kind of— The one other thing is, remember when Gasly <laughs> said uh, there was something between his legs during the uh, race, yeah. and everyone's just saying it was a baguette. It's that third tripod. Uh, the, the legend uh, continues. The legend of Gasly. P10, 10, 10, 10, Congratulations. Kind of a push. Angela's Crest, P10. Yeah, if you I'll had to this. pick, what would you pick? The way I would have paid $1,200 for that. Oh, you no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, got, it was great. Best thing is, is it's uh, Angela's Crest is not going anywhere. Uh, I mean, it took us 15 minutes max to get there. It was awesome. It's not terrible. So fun on motorcycles, by the way. Mm. That's, yeah. that's really the... the I've ridden season. that on a motorcycle. Not, you have. Not one that you'd approve of, but yeah. Oh, right. On a brakeless Harley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> didn't, didn't need any brakes. <laughs> no, it doesn't move. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to get it over 40 up there, so you can probably ditch it at any point. <laughs> but it sounds so good. There's no better sound than a Harley Davidson. Oh, dear. Well, okay, so we had a fun time with the uh, trying to watch it live at night. I don't know if I'd repeat it again. We did it. We can check it off. We did it. It was did a success-ish. Uh, we stayed awake for most of it. Next race is Qatar, so we'll be back next week to do a little preview of that track and all things to come. And until then, we encourage everyone to push, 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 push. 